welcome to Buzzword. Buzzword. That's it. We're here. It's day four of our 12 days of Christmas. Uh, and we are uh, doing uh, classic Christmas stories. And when I say classic, I mean early 1900s classic, my friends. These are not your everyday I don't know. I don't know what would these be. These are your grandma's right? Christmas stories. Yeah, they are. These are your grandma's Christmas stories. You're right. Uh, and there's some interesting authors uh, in here that we have. And uh, the story that we're going to do today is actually by L. Frank Baum. Do you know who L. Frank Baum is? Did you sound Baum or Baum? Yeah, Baum. Baum? Yeah. You know that means tree in Deutsch? I do. But do you know what he wrote? Yes, I do. Um, oh, Christmas do tree? No. no. <laughs> I'm really about trees right now. Give I me a hint. That. I really want a hint. I love guessing. Uh, well, we're not in Kansas anymore. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I know what it is. We're in Washington. Yes, it's in Washington. Yeah. yeah. Wait a second. Uh, We're in Washington. Kansas is oh, okay, go ahead and Google it. No, Google it. You gotta Google was, it now. She called me a liar. We gotta Google it. I was never in Kansas. <laughs> Kansas isn't real, guys. It's like Wyoming. I just typed into my search engine who wrote Kansas. Uh, um, which is not going to get you what you want. <laughs> Wait, the guy, the person who wrote this wrote, uh, was it a boss? He sure did. What does the Wait, L stand for? That's what I need to know. Uh, Lyman or Lehman. I don't know how to say it. Or is it Leonard? No. No, no it's actually <laughs> Lyman or Lehman. <laughs> yeah, I think it's Lehman. <laughs> well, you know, Wizard of Oz was my first play when I was like four or five. Nice. Look, see? It was wow. meant to wow. be. Let's, let's just talk about that. So, um, uh, yeah, we didn't go over who's going to be what, so we could do that while we do introductions yeah. uh, and do it that way if you'd like. And um, you, what is happening on my, my little script here? I love recording live and then having weird things happen. So we are, are we, do does it. that mean we're down a voice? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Chloe, are you up for doing two different voices? Sure. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, so, uh, there are a lot of characters in this one, and there's a lot of craziness happening. I mean, you might imagine that with, with The Wizard of Oz. So, let's get right to it, why don't we, with our uh, who's playing what. I will be narrating again. This is Allison. I am one of the co-directors of the Enumclaw uh, drama program, and I am here with my co-director. Juliet, it's Juliet, just Juliet. Yeah. She's got some different acoustics in the room that she's recording from, and so I really feel like she's she's trying a lot. Feeling it right now. Yeah, it's like echoing off the walls here right now. And we're here with a number of our closest friends, including a couple of guest stars, um, Augie Hall and uh, mm. who's that other guy? Who's Harry, that other guy? Harry Gomes. Oh, yeah. Harry Gomes is here. Harry hey. Gomes, believe it or not, is the star of It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. Uh, opening here on December 17th, he'll be playing the George Bailey. The George Bailey. We're really excited I, to have you here. I'm Harry. happy to be here. And Harry's going to be playing a fairy. Yes, I am. Just so you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Harry the fairy. I don't know if Harry knew that Peter was a fairy. But I he's didn't. Going to find out. 
but now I know. I'm so, so. glad. So uh, here we go. Here's our cast once again. I'm Allison. I'll be the narrator. And up next is... Hi, everyone. My name's Augie. I am class of 2021, and I will be playing Selfishness. Classic. Hi, my name That's is Mercer. Me. My name is Mercer. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm we heard you the first time. <laughs> I'm going to be playing Malice. So malicious. Uh, I'm Emily. I'm a freshman, and I'm playing Envy. And I'm kind My of name is Williams, Williams, and I graduated in 2020, and I will be playing Hatred. Hi, I'm Chloe. I'm a freshman, and I'll be playing Repetence and Whisk. Hi, my name is Isaac, and I'm a freshman at EHS, and I'll be playing Dear Old Santa. Oh, uh, Chloe, are you <laughs> my name is Juliet, and I'm going to be playing somebody named Neuter. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I don't get why it's funny. Why is it funny? What a funny name. My name is Harry. I am a junior, and I will be playing the part Peter. Hi, I'm Kaya. Um, I am a sophomore, and I will be playing Kilter. It's from 1904, everyone. Jeez. 1904. I can't That's believe a long it. Time ago. Yeah, right. The house was built it's before over a so. hundred years. It's incredible. Well, okay. By the time we start this, it's going to be like a hundred years. Harry, <laughs> would you please tell your friend Augie to be quiet? Hey, Augie. Tell Augie to log off of the Zoom call. Harry <laughs> thinks. Okay, I'm. I'm gonna not pretend like I didn't hear of what Harry said earlier about. <laughs> <laughs> you know who okay yes. uh so here we go this is the story of a kidnapped santa claus by l frank baum That's i'm gonna scary. do some sound effects on this one please do yes here we oh, go God. santa claus lives in the laughing valley I regret this already. Where stands the big rambling castle in which his toys are manufactured? His workmen, selected from the Riles, Nooks, Pixies, and Fairies, live with him, and everyone is as busy as can be from one year's end to another. It is called the Laughing Valley because. <laughs> we need to give everyone that. a headphone warning. Because. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because everything there is happy and gay. <laughs> The brook chuckles to itself <laughs> as it leaps, rollicking between its green banks. Rollick, rollick, rollick. The wind whistles merrily in the trees. The sunbeams dance lightly over the soft grass, and the violets and wildflowers look smilingly up from their green nests. Yay. To laugh, one needs to be happy. To be happy. One needs to be content. That's going on the t-shirt. And throughout yeah. the laughing valley of Santa Claus, <laughs> contentment reigns supreme. On one side is the mighty forest of Bursey. At the other side stands the huge mountain that contains the caves of the demons. <laughs> Between them, the valley lies smiling and peaceful. Ah. 
One would think that our good old Santa Claus, who devotes his days to making children happy, would have no enemies on all the earth. And as a matter of fact, for a long period of time, he encountered nothing but love wherever he might go. But the demons who live in the mountain caves grew to hate Santa Claus very much, and all for the simple reason that he made children happy. We hate Santa! <laughs> the caves of the demons are five in number. A broad pathway leads up to the first cave, which is finely arched cavern at the foot of the mountain, the entrance being beautifully carved and decorated. In it resides the demon of selfishness. Back of this is another cavern inhabited by the demon of envy. I feel like there should be a bum bum. I know something. Well, you're the sound effects. Law and order. Okay, can we start with <laughs> Do it again. special victims unit? Selfishness? Yeah, yeah, let's go back. Here we go. In it resides the demon of selfishness. Oh, what? I just got chills. Back <laughs> of this is another cavern inhabited by the demon of envy. Boom, boom. Oh, man. The cave of the demon of hatred. <laughs> is next in order, and through this one passes to the home of the Demon of Malice. Wow, wow, wow! Situated in a dark and fearful cave in the very heart of the mountain. I do not know what lies beyond this. Some say there are terrible pitfalls leading to death and destruction, and this may very well be true. However, from each one of the four caves mentioned, there is a small, narrow tunnel leading to the fifth cave. A cozy little room occupied by the demon of repentance. Bum, bum, bum. And as the rocky floors of these passages are well worn by the track of passing feet, I judge that many wanderers in the caves of demons have escaped through the tunnels to the abode of the demons, to the demon of repentance, who is said bum, to be a pleasant bum. sort of fellow who gladly opens for one a little door admitting you into fresh air and sunshine again. Well, these demons of the caves thinking they had great cause to dislike old Santa Claus, held a meeting one day to discuss the matter. I'm really getting lonesome, said the demon of selfishness. For Santa Claus distributes so many pretty Christmas gifts to all the children that they become happy and generous through his example and keep away from my cave. I'm having the same trouble, rejoined the demon of envy. The little ones seem quite content with Santa Claus, and though a few, indeed, that I can coax to become more envious. And that makes it bad for me, declared the demon of hatred. For if no children pass through the caves of selfishness and envy, none can get to my cavern. Or to mine. <laughs> the, the demon of malice. <laughs> Not the worst I expected from the demon of malice. <laughs> I did. <laughs> For my part, said the demon of repentance, it is easily seen that if children do not visit your caves, they have no need to visit mine, so that I am quite as neglected as you are. And it's all because of this person called Santa Claus, exclaimed the demon of envy. He is simply, simply ruining our business, and something must be done at once. To this they readily agreed, but what to do was another and far more difficult matter to settle. They knew that Santa Claus worked all through the year at his castle in the Laughing Valley. <laughs> yes, preparing the gifts he was to distribute on Christmas Eve. 
and at first they tried to resolve to tempt him to their caves, that they might lead him on to the terrible pitfalls that ended in destruction. So the very next day, while Santa Claus was busily at work, surrounded by his little band of assistants, the demon of selfishness came to him and said, These toys are wonderfully bright and pretty. Why don't you keep them for yourself? It's a pity to give to those noisy boys and fretful, fretful girls. Break them and destroy them so quickly. Ho, 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 nonsense! Cried the old greybeard, his bright eyes twinkling merrily as he turned toward the tempting demon. The boys and girls are never so noisy and fretful after receiving many presents. <laughs> and if I can make them happy for one day in the year, I am quite content. <laughs> so the demon went back to the others who awaited them in their caves and, caves and said, I have failed, for Santa Claus is not at all selfish. The following day, the demon of envy visited Santa Claus. Said he, The toy shops are full of playthings, quite as pretty as those you are making. What a shame it is that they should interfere with their business. They make toys by machinery much quicker than you can make them by hand, and then they sell them for money, while you get nothing at all for your work. Santa Claus refused to be envious of the toy shops. Uh, 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 I can supply the little ones but once a year on Christmas Eve, he answered. For the children are many, and I am but one. And as my work is one of love and kindness, I would be ashamed to receive money for my little gifts. But throughout all the year, the children must be amused in some way, and so the toy shops are able to bring much happiness to my little friends. I like the toy shops and am glad to see them prosper. <laughs> in spite of the second rebuff, the demon of hatred thought he would try to influence Santa Claus, so the next day he entered the busy workshop and said, Good morning, Santa. I have <laughs> bad news for you. Then run away like a good fellow. Like a good fellow. <laughs> Answered Santa Claus. Bad news is something that should be kept secret and never told. You can't escape this, however, declared the demon. For in the world are a good many who do not believe in Santa Claus, and these you are bound to hate bitterly, since they have so wronged you. <laughs> Stuff and rubbish, cried Santa. And there are others who resent your making children happy and who sneer at you and call you a foolish old rattlepate. <laughs> you are quite right to hate such base slanderers, and you ought to be revenged upon them for their evil words. But I don't hate them, exclaimed Santa Claus positively. Gonna hate such People do me no real harm, but merely render themselves and their children unhappy. Poor things. I'd much rather help them any day than injure them. Don't you think that uh, Santa Claus could use that scarecrow? He could, yeah, I agree. Indeed, the demons could not tempt old Santa Claus in any way. On the contrary, he was shrewd enough to see, hey, maybe uh, Arctic Explorers is code for demons. Demons, that's what I'm thinking. 
That's why. Why have they not said anything about the North Pole yet? Also, how come there are no Arctic explorers? Because yeah. it actually is in Kansas. Oh, <laughs> no. Oh. oh <laughs> Sorry. I'm distracted. And Dorothy thought they weren't in Kansas all along. Uh, on the contrary, he was shrewd enough to see that their object in visiting him was to make mischief and trouble. And his cheery laughter disconcerted the evil ones and showed to them the folly of such an undertaking. So they abandoned honeyed words and determined to use force. It is well known that no harm can come to Santa Claus while he is in the Laughing Valley. <laughs> For the fairies, the Riles, and the Nooks all protect him. But on Christmas Eve, he drives his reindeer out into the big world, carrying a sleigh load of toys and pretty gifts to the children. And this was the time and the occasion when his enemies had the best chance to injure him. So the demons laid their plans and awaited the arrival of Christmas Eve. The moon shone big and white in the sky, and the snow lay crisp and sparkling on the ground. Santa cracked his whip and sped away out of the valley into the great world beyond. The roomy sleigh was packed full with huge sacks of toys, and as the reindeer dashed onward, our jolly old Santa laughed and whistled. <laughs> and sang for very joy. I'm joyful! <laughs> all his merry life, this was one day in the year when he was happiest, the day he lovingly bestowed the treasures of his workshop upon the little children. It would be a busy night for him, he well knew, as he whistled and shouted and cracked his whip again. He reviewed in mind all the towns and cities and farmhouses where he was expected, and figured that he had just enough presents to go around and make every child happy. The reindeer knew exactly what was expected of them and dashed along so swiftly that their feet scarcely seemed to touch the snow-covered ground. Suddenly, a strange thing happened. A rope shot through the moonlight. <laughs> and a big noose that was on the end of it. <laughs> over the arms oh and body of Santa Claus, Andrew Not Santa! <gasps> Before he could resist or even cry out, he was jerked from the seat of the sleigh and tumbled head foremost into a snowbank. <clears throat> While the reindeer rushed onward with a load of toys and carried it quickly out of sight and sound. Such a surprising experience confused old Santa for a moment, and when he had collected his senses, he found that a wicked demons had pulled him from the snowdrift and bound him tightly with many coils out of stout rope. And then they carried the kidnapped Santa Claus away to their mountain, where they thrust the prisoner into a secret cave and chained him to the rocky wall so that he could not escape. Is that yeah. all of us? Yeah, laughed the demons, rubbing their hands together with cruel glee. What will the children do now? <laughs> How will they cry and scold the storm when they can't find there are no toys in their stockings and no gifts in, on the Christmas trees? And what a lot of punishment they will receive from their parents, and how they will flock to our caves of self selfishness and envy and hate and malice. And malice. <laughs> we have done a mighty <laughs> <laughs> demons of the cave. 
perfect. Now, it is so chanced that on this Christmas Eve, the good Santa Claus had taken with him in his sleigh, Neuter the Ryle, Peter what the Nook. The Ryle? It's a I'm looking it up. Theory. I, I need okay, to know good. who Neuter is. Okay, well, great. Let us know when you're ready. Uh, so we have Neuter <laughs> the Ryle, Peter the Nook, and Kilter the Pixie, and a small fairy named Whisk, his four favorite assistants. <laughs> oh, God. It says... <laughs> The first thing that came up was Urban Dictionary, and it says reevaluate your life. <laughs> That's me. Perfect. <laughs> All right. These little people he had often found very useful in helping him distribute his gifts to the children, and when their master was so suddenly dragged from the sleigh, they were all snugly tucked underneath the seat, where the sharp wind could not reach them. The tiny immortals knew nothing of the capture of Santa Claus until some time after he had disappeared. But finally they missed his cheery voice, and as their master always sang or whistled on his journeys, the silence warned him that something was wrong. Little Whisk stuck his head out from underneath the seat and found Santa Claus gone, with <gasps> no one to direct the flight of the reindeer. Oh no! Whoa! He called out, and the deer obediently slackened speed and came to a halt. Peter and Neuter and Kilter all jumped up on the seat and looked back over the track made by the sleigh. But Santa Claus had been left miles and miles behind. What shall we do? Asked Whisk anxiously, all the mirth and mischief banished from his wee face by this great calamity. We must go back at once and find our master, said Neuter <laughs> the Ryle, who thought and spoke with much deliberation. No, no! exclaimed Peter the Nook, who, cross and crabbed though he was, might always be dependent upon an emergency. If we delay or go back, there will be not be time to get the toys to the children before morning. And that will that would grieve Santa Claus more than anything else. It is certain that some wicked creatures have captured him, added Kilter thoughtfully. And their object must be to make the children unhappy. So our first dirty duty is to get the toys distributed as carefully as Santa Claus would himself present. Afterward, we can search for our master and easily secure his freedom. This seems such a good and sensible advice that the others at once resolved to adopt it. Oh, huh? Yeah. So Peter the Nook called to the reindeer. Reindeer! <laughs> again sprang forward and dashed over hill and valley through forest and plain until they came into the houses wherein children lay sleeping and dreaming of the pretty gifts they would find on Christmas morning. The little immortals had set themselves a difficult task, for although they had assisted Santa Claus in many of his journeys, their master had always directed and guided them and told them exactly what he wished them to do. But now they had to distribute the toys according to their own judgment. <gasps> and they did not understand children as well as did old Santa. So it is no wonder they made some laughable errors. <laughs> Amy Brown, yeah. who wanted a doll, got a drum instead. Oh! <clears throat> and a drum is of no use to a girl who loves dolls. Duh. And Bowman, Charlie Smith, who delights to romp and play out of doors, and who wanted some new rubber boots to keep his feet dry, received a sewing box filled with colored worsteds and threads and needles, which made him so provoked that he thoughtlessly called our dear Santa Claus a fraud. Had there been such, er, many such mistakes, the demons would have accomplished their evil purpose and made the children unhappy. 
but the little friends of the absent Santa Claus labored faithfully and intelligently to carry out their master's ideas, and they made fewer errors than might be expected under such unusual circumstances, and although they worked as swiftly as possible, day had begun to break before the toys and other presents were all distributed, so for the first time in many years, the reindeer trotted into the laughing valley <laughs> on their return in broad daylight with the brilliant sun peeping over the edge of the forest to prove they were far behind in their accustomed hours. Having put the deer in the stable, the little folk began to wonder how they might rescue their master, and they realized they must discover first of all what had happened to him and where he was. So Whisk the fairy transported himself to the bower of the fairy queen, which was located deep in the heart of the forest of Bursey. And once there, it did not take him long to find out that all the naughty demons and how they had kidnapped the good Santa Claus to prevent his making children happy. The fairy queen was also, or sorry, uh, the fairy queen also promised her assistance and then, fortified by this powerful support, Whisk flew back to where Neuter and Peter and Kilter awaited him. And the four counseled together and laid plans to rescue their master from enemies. It is possible that Santa Claus was not as merry as usual during the night that succeeded his capture, for although he had faith in the judgment of his little friends, he could not avoid a certain amount of worry, and an anxious look would creep at times into his kind old eyes as he thought of the disappointment that might await his dear little children, and the demons who guarded him by turns one after another did not neglect to taunt him with the contemptuous words in his helpless condition. When Christmas Day dawned, the demon of malice was guarding the prisoner, and his tongue was sharper than that of any of the others. The children are waking up, Santa, he cried. They are waking up to find their stockings empty. <laughs> ho, ho, how they will quarrel and wail and stamp their feet in anger. Our caves will be full today, old Santa. Our caves are sure to be full. But to this, as to other like taunts, Santa Claus answered nothing. He was much grieved by his capture, it is true, but his courage did not forsake him, and finding that the prisoner would not reply to his cheers, the demon of malice presently went away and sent the demon of repentance to take his place. Take my place. This last personage was not so disagreeable as the others. He had a gentle and refined features, and his voice was soft and pleasant in tone. My brother demons do not trust me overmuch, said he as he entered the cavern. But it is morning now, and the mischief is done. You cannot visit the children again for another year. That is true, answered Santa Claus, almost cheerfully. Christmas Eve is past, and for the first time in centuries I have not visited my children. The little ones will be greatly disappointed murmured the demon of repentance, almost regretfully. But that cannot be helped now. Their grief is likely to make the children selfish and envious and hateful, and if they come to the caves of the demons today, I shall get a chance to lead some away, some of them away to my cave of repentance. Do you never repent yourself? asked Santa Claus curiously. Oh, yes, indeed, answered the demon. I am even now repenting that I assisted in your capture. Of course, it is too late to remedy the evil that has been done, but repentance, you know, 
can come only after an evil thought or deed, for in the beginning there is nothing to repent of. So I understand, said Santa Claus. <laughs> Those who avoid evil need never visit your cave. As a rule, that is true, replied the demon. Yet you, who have done no evil, are about to visit my cave at once. For to prove that I sincerely regret my share in your capture, I am going to permit you to escape. Hooray! Hooray! This speech greatly surprised the prisoner, until he reflected that it was just what might be expected of the demon of repentance. The fellow at once busied himself in tying the knots that bound Santa Claus and unlocking the chains that fastened him to the wall. Then he led the way through a long tunnel until they both emerged in the cave of repentance. I hope you will forgive me, said the demon pleadingly. I am not really a bad person, you know, and I believe I will accomplish a great good deal of good in the world. With this, he opened a back door that led in a flood of sunshine, and Santa Claus sniffed the fresh air gratefully. I bear no malice, said he to the demon in a gentle voice. That seems and I'm wrong. Sure the and I think I'm that sure maybe is supposed to be Santa. I bear no malice, said he to the demon in a gentle voice. Ho, ho, ho. And I am sure to the world would be a dreary place without you. So good morning and a merry Christmas to you. Ho, ho, ho. With these words, he stepped out to greet the bright morning. And a moment later, he was trudging along, whistling softly to himself on his way to his home in the Laughing Valley. <laughs> Marching over the snow toward the mountain was a vast army made up of the most curious creatures imaginable. There were numberless nooks from the forest as rough and crooked in appearance as the gnarled branches of the trees they ministered to. And there were dainty riles from the fields, each one bearing the emblem of a flower or plant it guarded. Behind these were many ranks of pixies, gnomes, and nymphs, and in the rear, thousand beautiful fairies floated along in a gorgeous array. This wonderful army was led by Whisk, Peter, Neuter, and Kilter, who had assembled it to rescue the Santa Claus from captivity and to punish the demons who had dared to take him away from his beloved children. And although they looked so bright and peaceful, the little mortals were armed with powers that would be very terrible to those who had incurred their anger. Woe to the demons of the caves that this mighty armor of vengeance ever met them. But lo, coming to meet his loyal friends, appeared the most imposing form of Santa Claus, his white beard floating in the breeze and his bright eyes sparkling with pleasure at this proof of the love and veneration he had inspired in the hearts of the most powerful creatures in existence. And while they clustered around him and danced with glee at his safe return, he gave them earnest thanks for their support. But Whisk and Neuter and Peter and Kilter he embraced affectionately. Oh, 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 oh. It is useless to pursue the demons, said Santa Claus to the army. They have their place in the world and can never be destroyed. But that is a great pity, never. Less. <laughs> he continued musingly. So the fairies and nooks and pixies and riles all escorted the good man to his castle, and there left him to talk over the events of the night with his little assistants. 
Whisk had already rendered himself invisible and thrown through the big world to see how the children were getting along in this bright Christmas morning, and by the time he returned, Peter had finished telling Santa Claus of how they had distributed the toys. We did, we really did very well, cried the fairy in a pleased voice. For I found little unhappiness among the children this morning. Still, you must not get captured again, my dear master, for we might not be so fortunate another time in carrying out your ideas. He then related the mistakes that had been made, and which he had not discovered until his tour of inspection. And Santa Claus at once sent him with a rubber boots for Charlie Smith and a doll for Mamie Brown, so that even those two disappointed ones became happy. As for the wicked demons of the caves, they were filled with anger and chagrin when they found that their clever capture of Santa Claus had come to naught. Indeed, no one on that Christmas day appeared to be at all selfish or envious or hateful. And realizing that while the children's saint had so many powerful friends, it was folly to oppose him. And the demons never again attempted to interfere with his journeys on Christmas Eve. Oh, oh, oh. That's like a great if, story. That's like if Brothers Grimm and Charles Dickens had a baby. It's that mm-hmm. story. It makes me so happy. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. I definitely like that one better than the one before. I agree. Although yep. I love like the old school humor, like the like the early 1900s humor between the wife and the like. I just can visualize, I think it's the director brain in me that can visualize the gag of like getting a robe over and over and over again. <laughs> I I laughed at that, honestly. <laughs> anyway. Well, yay, I feel good about that. So we are on our fourth day of Christmas, is that right? Today is our fourth day mm-hmm. of Christmas. Yeah. Love gave to what is the fourth day? A rioll and a demon cave. Oh my gosh, that's what we need to do, everyone. We need to sing the song based on the stories that we did. On the last day, my true love gave to me, Jimmy. Scarecrow Christmas. (laughs) On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me, a flat with go-kart kids, yay. 26 of them. (laughs) I love that. Wait, doesn't it have to be a so on the second day of Christmas? My children gave to me a bunch of flat children and <laughs> oh, Jimmy Scarecrow's Christmas, right? Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay, so then on the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a psychotic couple <laughs> and seven bathrobes. Seven <laughs> new bathrobes. Dang it, we've messed up already. A bunch of flat Wait. children. We can always just honestly we'll record this separately. Jimmy Scarecrow's Christmas. Okay, got it. Okay, we got one more. We can do it. On the fourth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. I kidnapped Santa Claus. Oh! Okay, a kidnap Santa Claus. Or are there four demons? Right? Five <laughs> demons, technically. And five demons, four of them, which tied uh, their Santa Claus just in a noose. You could just say four evil demons. Wait, are we still recording this? Yeah, we are. Yes. You better believe you are. Everyone's here to make fun of our own mistakes. This is not getting 
cut out. This, this is, is the extra episode. We're no. definitely keeping yeah. it. This, this is, is the sausage. This is what the our, sausage. This is what our listeners are starting. <laughs> the sausage? The <laughs> meat of the episode? No, 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 no. The dinner sausage. Oh. And, and the blood. The, the blood, blood sausage. Blood, blood, last and, <laughs> blood sausage and liver. Oh, sa- blood liver, right? I feel like at this point in our podcast, the people are pretty much almost asleep. So at this point, we just have to use hushed tones and talk like this. Well, I was God. figuring that this chaos <laughs> would do that. Oh, <laughs> we are the white noise machine. That, that's a great name for a podcast, white noise machine. Okay. Or for a band. Maybe that's the one we're going to, we'll, we'll make next. It's just us. It's white just Christmas the two of us. noise. White noise. We're the white noise machine, yo. <laughs> Let's just call it white noise. White noise. White Christmas noise. White. Christmas white, noise. white. <laughs> Isn't that quite sound right? I'm dreaming. We're going to the white Christmas <laughs> noise machine. <laughs> oh, all right. Here we go. Uh, it's been fun, everybody. Tomorrow, join us for the fifth day of Christmas, and Wait, be sure to go out and get your this? tickets for "It's a Wonderful Life." Uh, we'll sold out. out. They are at enumclawperformingarts.com. All I'm saying uh, is we got mentioned at the board meeting and then tickets started flying off the shelves. They really did. We've Woo! already sold five tickets, everybody. I don't know if you know that. Mm-hmm. At least. At least five. <laughs> <laughs> got to stay positive. And if you've made mm-hmm. it this long, you've earned yourself one more ho-ho-ho from Isaac. And a trip to go-kart school. Go, Isaac. Take us out, Isaac. Merry Christmas. There it is. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.